Striking While the Iron's Hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at seekandstrikecollective.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. And this episode, we're actually going to kick into 2020 season and preseason is left in the past. We're done with that. Now we got our eyes on the cup. Right on. So uh, I'm your host, Chris Walker, and joining me uh, at the table is Alicia. Alicia, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm very excited for this weekend. Right on. Yeah, so this weekend we got our first match. We're playing against Austin Bold FC out in Austin. Um, you know, what are your initial thoughts about that? You know, with how we ended up last season uh, with one win, zero losses, and one draw with Austin, I have a feeling it's going to be another tight game considering their kind of key signings and our key signings as well. So it's going to be a tough one, and especially for an opening game right on now I guess really later on in the show we're gonna obviously have on uh, some guests from the Austin podcast so we'll switch gears now let's talk about something that happened over the weekend so over the weekend we had the black and yellow bash um, so did you get to go to the black and yellow bash yes I did and I I loved it it was very different since I didn't get to attend it last year this year to me, it was very special in the way that they revealed uh, the away kit. That's what everybody was there for. So let's kind of break down the night a little bit. So I know that we showed up about the same time in line. Um, and so, you know, they had the film crew out there kind of getting a little footage for what would be kind of like social media hype. Um, so then when we got inside, uh, of course, we had dream tickets. And, you know, for those of you that were over 21, we got to enjoy some of the different concoctions they had, like the yellow card and 12th man. Uh, they had some other drinks as well. If you weren't, I think they had uh, sodas, uh, you know, obviously water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I just drink water all night. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so then what... So then we were able to go into uh, the, the first room. So we're walking through kind of a tunnel that was kind of lit up um, with yellow lighting. And the first room is, uh, what was in that first room? I, I kind of don't remember it a little bit. but So that room was kind of big. On the If you look above you, it, there was uh, the big United shield on there. And people were taking pictures. And at the bottom, it was very interactive to where you were revealing a puzzle piece. But there was really, at the beginning of the night, there was nothing in that puzzle piece. It was just the Puma and New Mexico United, nothing else. But once the kit was revealed, I have a feeling they changed it. And you could reveal all of the players and with the new Awaken this season. Okay. So... So then they kind of kick this thing off. They have everyone kind of get closer to the stage. Uh, Lucas is Lucas Cash is one of the speakers. He's like doing his best to kind of hype us up. Uh, Peter Trevisani goes up, you know, and obviously gives his vision for the night, you know, and you know who who, who can't go wrong with uh, we're doing it, yeah. right? Uh, you know, and, uh, and of course then we had Troy Lassane who was also a speaker as well and. And Troy uh, got the crowd motivated. You know, he, uh, he recited his little, uh, his 
his speech. What did he say? He said, uh, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling great or something. Yeah. I can't remember right I, now. He was like, feeling good? Feeling good. Feeling great? Feeling great. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I have a feeling that Troy does that with the players, so I'm yeah. sure he gets them all, all riled up. Um, so... And then, of course, we had Jacob Condelaria there as well, right? So he's obviously, you know, speaking on on behalf of the joy of having the team and, and you know, obviously representing the team anywhere he's at and being able to just kind of go forth. But, you know, amongst all the speakers we had in that night, it was really just about seeing that damn video. Yeah. Okay. So the countdown begins. Cheryl Shepard's on the stage. The countdown happens. Then all of a sudden, bam, White Sands. What are you thinking? I I don't know. I thought it was going to be white, and then yellow popped up. And I was like, oh, my God, these kids are yellow. And um, just seeing that, and then the video, too, it kind of made me tear up a little bit when Cody and his family were there with the little jersey for, for baby Luke and it was something really great to see and I personally love the kit. I love how yellow it is. It's very nice for summer, very fitting and I also like the Zia stripes on the side. It's very different. So uh, I'm going to call it lemon custard. <laughs> I, you know I've been on that lemon custard tip for like like most, most of last season. I was like I just think we need a, a lemon custard, kind of a, a yellow kit top because uh, so many instances of them playing away matches, like for instance, Austin, Austin wears white at home, you know, so they had to wear black. So now they can wear their their lemon custard kit, you know, and they're going to be like bright yellow. I, I don't, I think the only thing that might be a little deceiving will be when they play against uh, San Antonio FC with Cardoni and he has that banana kit suit where he's like all yellow. I think that might be, that might be a little, a little weird, distracting. but I mean, it's a keeper, so maybe he'll get <laughs> to change out. <laughs> yeah, maybe he will. Um, well, I mean, yeah, so I just want to go back into it. So, you know, the White Sands comes on, it's got the cinematic intro, and uh, first, or, and then, so then all of a sudden you see Peter pop out the fridge at Meow Wolf. And right then and there, I thought somehow Meow Wolf is like attached to this because he hopped out the fridge. And why would you do that if it was just Cranchers? Yeah, yeah. And it, we found out that for the fans that they actually did a Meow Wolf away edition to where instead of it saying Crane Shares right uh, dead center, it's Meow Wolf. And personally, I like those kits better than the Crane Shares. It, they just stand out to me more and they look nicer. Now, I've got people asking me, like, uh, they've asked me, like, do you think that, that the club created the Meow Wolf edition um, mainly for the sales versus, like, you know, just you know, sticking forth with with the Crane Shares edition as the main retail item this year. Yeah, I think it was pretty much sales. Uh, if you look at it last season, when Peter wore the white uh, Meow Wolf kit to the Colorado Rapids game, everybody went crazy. Like, when is it going to go on sale? Like, we want it, we want it, we want it. And the fact that they did it this season. It just makes me think that the home kit is exactly like that yellow Meow Wolf kit, but just inverted, where the kit is black and you have Meow Wolf in yellow. Now, you actually bought 
you and Raphael actually bought kits. Yes. And you did. guys bought the Meow Wolf kit, right? Yes. Okay, so since you've bought it, have you had a time to put it on and check your, check yourself out in the mirror? Yeah, I actually tried it on, and the Puma kits, they're a little bit more loose-fitting than the Adidas kits, and they were... I was looking at prices from last season, and these Puma kits, I think they're about $10 cheaper, which I don't really mind because I am buying a, an, a youth uh, kit because I don't fit in the, the adult ones. <laughs> they're too big on me. But other than that, the material is, well, the stitching on it, it it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a cheap kit. And to be honest, it seems like we should pay more than what they're selling. Okay. So, I know that looking at the kit on, like, a lot of the players, like, they're obviously very complimentary things to the kit. Like, on the shoulders, there's that black strip that kind of aligns with, like, their traps. So, obviously, it gives them kind of, like, a big shoulder perspective. Um, and then, of course, you know, I asked some people through the night, I said, hey, how does that fit? You know, most people... They liked the shoulders, but they felt like it was kind of loose, like around the sides. Is that kind of? Yeah. yeah, that's how it is. And you know, for it being a jersey, I like to be comfortable and not tight. Like the goalkeeper kits, uh, the blue ones. Oh, yes. don't get me started on that. <laughs> I love those. And I honestly would have purchased the blue one instead of the yellow one if they had it for sale that day. But those seem to be way more tight on the keepers than the actual yellow ones. Yeah, you know, um, I kind of want to go back to uh, the Facebook real quick because, you know, I was really hoping that I could kind of stir it up in there. And uh, I want to say there was like over like 150 people that were all down essentially or that liked the post about... You know, if the blue one, if the goalkeeper kit went on sale, would they buy it? And you know, and and, and I, I mean, I hope that the club kind of sees that kind of stuff early on because you know, I mean, in the name of sales, in the name of you know uh, of merchandise, I mean that blue kit, which we think is probably the third kit, the third color. If that that could be it. No, I don't, uh, I don't think so. Alicia doesn't think so. I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I think it. I think it's this rumored teal blue kit, but uh, you know, maybe maybe the jury is still out as far as Alicia is concerned. But I just think you guys got to put that on sale. I'm hoping the club hears uh, that message loud and clear, and that they consider it a lot sooner. Um, so I was kind of looking at the kit though, and I thought like. You know, could they have done something different? Because, you know, a lot of folks on the internet felt like it was like Borussia Dortmund, you know. And, but, I mean, to me, like, so my understanding is that they could have done other things in those panels. Yeah. So where it's solid black, they could have done pattern or, you know, maybe they could have put a bunch of Zias in there. Yeah, no, and with the pattern, it would have been literally just like Dortmund's because they have a pattern in their shoulders on the... Uh, on that sleeve but with us I mean we're black and yellow and there is only so much you can do and the fact that people are comparing our kid to Dortmund's then people are taking it as if it's a bad thing well cool we're being compared to somebody that's in Bundesliga a professional team that's way up there you have the number one attendance in all of the soccer uh, community and 
I mean, we have a number one attendance in the USL, so I just really don't care if we're being compared to them because at the end of the day, our kit, it has the Zia on it, it has the New Mexico United Shield, and it represents New Mexico. It does not represent uh, some somewhere in Germany. Now, I'll tell you what. I honestly was kind of hoping that they were going to roll out with a red Zia on the side of the, of the shirt because... I thought we were close to it, uh, with just seeing how it was this yellow kit, and uh, and I was surprised that it was still it was still yellow and black. I mean, you know, just I know that a lot of fans really wanted a yellow and black kit uh, after or before season one, and I honestly thought that like we were gonna see it that night. Um, what what was your take on them using the Zia striping that they used mainly on T-shirts and in year uh, one? I really liked it. I just like the plain, the four lines for the Zia because to me sometimes I feel like the whole Zia can be a little bit too much when it comes to designs on t-shirts and stuff, but the fact that they only just put it on one side and it's just coming down, it suits all the players very well. It doesn't make them look like kind of awkward at an angle. Um, you look at them straightforward and it, it's a really, it's a pretty sick design that they came up with. Yeah. Now I was looking at it also kind of closely, and uh, I noticed that uh, you know where it is uh, the shield and the puma like left to right on the shorts. It's opposite. Did you notice that? No, I actually didn't notice that. Yeah. So if they so on the top, if they've got the uh, the shield, if they got the shield on the left side and and the puma on the right side, then the shorts are like completely opposite directions. Yeah, the Pumas on the left side and the Shield is on the right, so maybe it's to be offsetting so that you don't see Shield, Shield, Puma, Puma. Yeah, and I, I can see with that because a lot of, uh, I think they were like that last season where like the Adidas was on the left, but Adidas on top was on the right, so it was just crisscrossed. Yeah, so that's a lot, so I don't know, that seems like a lot of logo wear, not mm -hmm. to mention like the Pumas and the, and the straps, and I don't know, the shorts, the shorts have black strips and I'd imagine I don't know if there's anything in the strips no they're just plain black okay yeah they're just plain black and to me I mean as long as the shorts are plain so the jersey can stand out I really like it the one thing I do not like are the socks they're a little too bright for my liking those are are those brighter than the, the kit top I think they right? are if they would have went with black socks and the yellow puma but it wouldn't match so I, I don't know yeah so I mean like that's kind of like one thing I was curious about and I wanted to get your take on is I know that you know you're you're big in coordination and so you know they have so much yellow on and uh, and in, in the uh, hype video I could have swore I thought that that kit top was like kind of shiny when Suggs rolls up and he's like you know a movement you know and he's like and he rolls up and I'm like man that top is so bright but at the event they really didn't look that bright no they didn't and also, I like I said, I really like the kit, and once you see them in person, they're not as like busy as you would think, because some people were afraid that it's too bright of a color, it's not going to suit me, I don't really like it. If you take your time to actually go to the store, look at it in person, and feel it in your hands, you're going to change your mind, and that's how I was when purchasing the kit at the at the bash seeing it on sucks i was kind of close to the stage and i was like mm, 
maybe it's not as bad as I think it is, and I actually really like it. So, kind of going through some of the other people that are in the video. So, there's No Barnett. Obviously, he is the artist that did the mural. Um, and then there's Shovel Shepherd, who's in there. Greg Jackson uh, from uh, Jackson Winks, Jim. Uh, Shelly Valdez is speaking at uh, Kirsten. Uh, and then there's Jesse Hicks, or Jessica Hicks, and uh, Madison Irwin. They're, they're uh, UNM Lobo women's soccer players. Uh, Rashawn jo Jones was in there. Uh, Wyatt Lawson. Uh, Joe Romero was with the Lowriders. Uh, Jeremiah Curtis and Eliana. Not sure their last name, the Rock Climbers. I think they're... And then, of course, the uh, Sombrero Man and his family were in there as well. Um, and then I noticed that I saw uh, Ileana, who is uh, Peter's exec, and I think her family, yes. as like the giant generational family. Mm -hmm. um, what I thought was really cool overall about the video is it looked like they went a step beyond We Are United and Somos Unidos, which, you know, when I first saw that the first time around, I know that United Soccer League also kind of bore the uh, hashtag... We are united because it's United Soccer League. Mm -hmm. So for us to have this and for it to say, you know, this is for every New Mexican to show that we are proud to be New Mexicans, I thought it was cool that they would go uh, above and beyond the United and kind of s make it more specific to New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and now when that video rolled up, I really liked it. It was more personal to New Mexico. And if any other fans saw it, like for a Phoenix Rising fan, they, I believe they're like, yawn, it's been done. Like, no, it hasn't been done. And they made it personal to us because we were able to relate to it. Seeing all these people in the video, we knew exactly who they were. And the fact that they got these people in the video to represent um, the kit and say some lines that go along with the promotion of the kit, it made it really hit close to home. Yeah, like I said, so that that kind of is what I was thinking too. I mean, I thought it, it just definitely seemed more specific uh, for us. Um, and so I guess that's kind of, I mean, ultimately, that seems like the evolution of the message uh, for the most part. Uh, was there a part in in the video that really kind of got your emotions riding high? Like, was there... Was it through, like, which part of the video really got you going? Oh, man. When uh, they were just going back and forth from family to family, and they were saying these very, like, strong phrases. I can't remember them, but it was when Cody and his wife and the baby, like, that's what really got me. Like, wow, they're even with a little like a baby like that you're still trying to incorporate everyone into this team and that, that is just amazing because nobody should feel left out we're all we're all united and we all should stick together yeah i like i said i i like the whole push for you know being proud to be new mexicans and um the part of the video that i really liked is i liked when peter it came back to Peter, and he's like, it's time for a revolution, and he like does this like fist bump, and I just thought, like, all right, so then all of a sudden the video changes, and now it's like, you know, here are the players, and they're doing all their special tricks out in the White Sands, and they're showing off the kit, you know, and, you know, and I just thought, man, like, okay, here, here's the hype, here, here are the feels right here, 
you know, and, and I feel like they really captured that in this Awaken video. Yeah, and I love the fact that they uh, showed more of the new players than the veterans because you can tell that in the new players that they were hyped to be there. And in the video, you can see like their energy through their face saying, like, okay, it's go time and we're here to win. Kaylin Ryden walking through the white sands with the, uh, the flag with all the cities on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, David Najem just like rolling out, kind of pointing to the crest. And Amanda Moreno showing off his little skills during that video. It was really awesome to see. Yeah, definitely. I'd say they definitely got me going because, you know, I know last week when we talked about it, like, we had, like, kind of a different thought for why they were using the White Sands, but obviously it just kind of was probably, like, the, the world's natural, like, backgrounds, you know? And so it just made it... <laughs> It just made it made it go, uh, you know. So, so kind of going with that. I mean, like I told you, I, I was really trying to get um, some hype on the the goalkeeper's kit. You know, um, you know, is that? Do you think that that would be something that you would buy with the grand chairs? Because I don't remember. I mean, I know that the goalkeeper's kits last year; those were the Meow Wolf home ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you really can't see the crane shares on the goalkeeper's kit, so I would purchase it because I love the design on it. Just the, like, the lines on there, it's very, like, kind of textile, and I really like that. And it's just different to us, and I love how the blue and the yellow contrast to each other, and it's very complimentary. Do you think that at some point having two different kits because like the club has said you know obviously like the meow wolf is retail edition and you know the crane shears is the actual one and they'll make some of the actual one for those hardcore fans but do you think at some point like uh that would be an issue for the club like do you because you're gonna have all these people who are just rocking like this other version like I mean, I, I won't lie, I'm probably more or less likely to get the crane shares because it would seem like I'm one of few people who have that game mm-hmm. game day experience, but yeah. do you think that it's going to be an issue at some point? Uh, you know, it might be because then other people are going to be like, well, why do you have Meow Wolf if they have crane shares? It just doesn't make sense. And to me, I that yellow Meow Wolf, they should be able to play in it. They should make another batch for them. and. Sometimes here and there, maybe for Open Cup or uh, the playoffs, they can wear those kits in the when they're away from us, and just to make it a little bit extra special. Yeah, I mean it, it's just a little bit more black on the kit, right? I mean, I mean the Meow Wolf is just a little bit more black. <laughs> and uh, so, okay, then that kind of got us really to like talking about the home kit, I know that you really wanted to try to predict what you thought it was going to look like. You said a little bit ago that you thought that maybe it was going to be solid black with like yellow straps. Do you think it's exactly the opposite or do you think that they will incorporate the same Meow Wolf coloring from the previous game? Um, I don't know if you caught this, but Lucas did say the black one will be revealed soon, so we know for sure it's black. 
And on the sleeves, I have a feeling that instead uh, it's going to be inverted, so it's going to have the yellow striped and of course the yellow puma. But when it comes to the actual Meow Wolf lettering, I do not want it to look like last season's, but I'm still hoping for a bit more color than just black and yellow. And maybe a more design on it, like the goalkeeper one, adding some of those lines or the pattern, I think it would really make the jersey more different than last year's instead of just, you know, kind of copying and pasting. Now, I was watching the Man City game the other day. Uh, Man City was in their home black kit. Uh -huh. So, could you imagine that if our home kit looked like Man City's black kit, where like the numbers are like pink, the name is a different color, the oh. sleeves are like a different color. I wouldn't like that because it would look like a four-year-old made up that kit. It's just not very suiting. To just them. too custom, right? Yeah, it's just way too custom. Yeah, I am. I'm. Man, I don't know what. Like, because I mean. You know, like, obviously, like, different people on Twitter were like, well, is it possible that our, uh, that they just put out a plain shirt? And, I mean, I guess if you're outside the hype, it could look like, yeah, we just released the yellow top. And, you know, in the realm of Puma, that we still kind of were within a template. It will be interesting to see what they do with the home. If the home is going to be crazy, like, you know... Is it going to be practically crazy? Like, is it just going to be the straps? Or is it going to be, you know, actually, like, different panels being different colors? And, I mean, I guess that's what we got to see. I mean, we know that we have to see it in the next couple of weeks because they play at home on the 21st yeah. against El Paso. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to release that. Or what would be kind of interesting if they want to get those numbers in attendance is say, hey, we're going to release it that game, and if you want to see it, be there. Now, that that does kind of, you, you kind of did spark something, maybe, when you said that, because, you know, they really built up the away kit for several weeks, mm -hmm. and people are buying the Meow Wolf, and they're going to continue to buy the Meow Wolf, because that's what they made more, more available. Uh, you know, it seems like they're, they're, they're going to kind of cap off on really pushing a whole lot of those yellow kits pretty soon because as soon as the black kits come out, everyone's gonna buy the black. Kits. Everyone's after the dominant color. Yeah. You know, so I'm just thinking like, well, what will they do with that black kit to try to you know level it off? You know, maybe you'll, maybe we'll see like crane shares on a black kit somehow. Who knows? You know, you never know. Yeah. And I also wonder how. Um, goalkeeper home kit's gonna look Ooh, like. what color do you think that could be? I'm, I'm just curious. I, I don't know, because let's say we don't have that third color. Maybe it's going to be a true turquoise, but then again, our, the away one is blue. So what if the home one is they stick to Cody's uh, nickname and it's orange? There is that. What were the colors in Meow Wolf's logo on the home? It was pink. It was pink, blue, purple, and green. Okay. Yeah. So last year they definitely had or they had orange and they had green they neon. Had green. Oh, they might have a pink one this year. So that's, that's what I was kind of wondering. Like, would they just be 
choosing colors that are basically in the Meow Wolf logo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the away one Crane Shirts is blue. Yeah. So maybe if it's pink, I'll buy it. Yeah, I mean the, the blue is clean. I like it. Um, okay, so then moving on. All right, so our next guest uh, tonight on We Are Seek and Strike are no other than the gents of Three Birds Bold Cast. Gentlemen, how you doing tonight? Pretty good, man. Thank you. How you doing? Hey, we're doing good. Hey, we'd like for you guys to introduce yourself so the listeners can know who the identities are behind the Bold Cast. Yeah, so I'm Elvis, the younger brother. And I'm, I'm Irving, man. I'm the older brother. So three months yeah, man. We're, we're the you know we're the three birds boat cast, man. That's 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 the. No, we it talk sports, beer, soccer. Austin Bold. That's, that's it. it. That's it, man. Astros crying a little bit still. I'm still in the, I'm still in the denial phase of that. So we're still we're good. I'm glad soccer's starting. Everybody <laughs> going, man. Right on, right on. Well, you know when I joined you guys last year on your podcast. Uh, right before we played the second time. Yes, sir. And so, uh, so of course, at that time, obviously, Alicia wasn't with me. So this is Alicia. Go ahead and say hello to the, the Hi, guys. Nice to meet you. Nice, nice to meet, meet you, too. Right on. So I figured we kind of get started from the top. Uh, so first off the bat, you know, how'd you guys come up with the name Three Birds Boldcast? Um, well, he came up with it. He's um, I, I, he's the ideas guy. I'm not. That's, that's him. <laughs> no, really, 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 where it comes from, man. Uh, uh, we are also English Premier League uh, fans. I'm a Liverpool fan. Uh, he's a Crystal Palace fan, and they have their own birds. You know, you know, he got the liver bird for Liverpool, and he has the eagle, the bald eagle for Crystal Palace fan. And uh, from the moment that uh, we learned the colors for. Uh, uh, Austin Bold FC, man, uh, and we learned it was teals. We're big hunters, and we, we hunt teal ducks down here, so that's the third one, man. It's a teal duck, which is, you know, where the three birds bolt cast come from. That's okay. pretty much it, man. Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah, I was. I couldn't explain that to someone, but I was like, yeah, but it's called three birds, so I wanted to get you guys to kind of give us kind that. Of, it's kind of a play off of, also off of the English moniker of three lions, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we just need three birds ourselves. So that's, that's yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Right on. So let's jump into 2020, right? Uh, I wanted to kind of get you guys' outlook on the new season, and that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm thinking it, it can only go up now. Uh, I think last year was a mild success. I mean, I think we did pretty damn good. You know, you made it to the playoffs. And the roster is pretty intact from last year, so I mean they can they can only go up in the first year. So second year they're going to be comfortable with each other. Finally, you know they don't have to find their shtick, you know, from the first what ten weeks or whatnot. They kind of know each other, so I think they can build off of last year's stuff off of uh, playing together for a whole year now. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, we can do a lot better this year. I'm, I'm At least I'm hoping so. Hopefully there's not a downtick. Yeah, we're hoping, man, because I know throughout the year it got kind of frustrating to see the different lineup changes. Uh, every, almost like every week it was a different formation. So hopefully this year uh, uh, you know, they got a better idea of each other and where, what you know, positions they're more comfortable in. So we're definitely seeing a little bit more success this year, hopefully, than last year. I know build on that quarterfinals run, build on that Copa Tejas win. 
and uh, and that uh, U.S. Open Cup where we, you know, pretty much took the Dynamo, gave them all that, you know, they could handle. So there's definitely uh, to say that we're looking, you know, putting it like we're definitely looking for for a better year this year. I mean, as far as us being fans concerned, being like season ticket holders, that's we're looking for more, man, for sure. Right. On. Yeah, we, we definitely kind of experienced some of the same. I mean, also being an expansion team in the first year last year, you know, trying to go. You know, into the Open Cup, obviously, we had a pretty deep run as well, you know, and then, of course, making the playing round. Uh, so we definitely could echo your sentiment of really wanting to get more out of our team's regular season as far as, uh, you know, maybe finishing a little bit higher. Because we're in a situation where essentially, you know, we kind of needed a couple of different factors to happen for us to get into the playoffs, you know. And, of course, there was so much conversation about, you know, going deep into the Open Cup that that would affect our season. But, again, looking at your team, I mean, you guys also were in the Open Cup and were also obviously trying to do the best you could do in that run as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, sorry about that. Um, Yeah, no. Sorry, man. I wish I had mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty cool because then we also added the whole, you know, the fan base, you know, uh, Copa Tejas that we had. And, I mean, that that brought a lot of excitement to our stuff too, which that was just a lot of added. And when you win that, you know, first-year first year team being an expansion team, like you're saying, um, it, it brought a little bit of uh, extra hope for us, you know, for this year coming coming up. Yeah, right. Yeah, we really wanted to get that uh, four quarters cup. Of course, you know, Real Monarchs ended up running away with that and everything else. (laughs) So then let's look at, let's kind of get into some of this early stuff. So obviously, Austin Bulls play New Mexico United this Saturday. It's your guys' season home opener uh what's some of the uh what's some of the emotions going around in the soccer community in austin like what what are you guys kind of observing what are people saying you know what's what's the hype there no definitely uh i mean there's definitely a uh with austin fc coming in you know here next year i mean i'm I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like getting pulled that way but as far as uh Teal fans, man, it's, uh, it's, they are, where they're situated, where the stadium is situated is in the area where uh, the fans, how would you say? It's all community. It's a strong community where they're at, man. It's a little bit, it's a further, a little bit further south. It's on the east side. And they definitely, they, they cater to the fans that they come to that stadium, man. So there, there's definitely some hope that uh, we're going to do a little bit better this year, man. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, you can't really ignore the fact that Austin FC is, you know, on its way. They're building a stadium, so you can't really tune out that noise as much as we were able to last year now that, you know, the cranes are up and everything else. So, I mean, on all honesty, there is that excitement for going up there for that team up, you know, north of that river. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's – but I think it's a strong, you know, I, we're, we're, we're thinking that it's still going to be a good turnout to keep it going. You know, I mean, more people know about it now, so it's getting 
I mean, you hear it, but you know, we really don't know. I mean, obviously, you guys had a huge turnout with seemed every single home game, and hopefully, we get that same thing going on over here. Hopefully, because I mean, it was a little bit tougher, but we'll see how it goes. And they've been getting a lot involved actually in the community a lot more this this uh, season, running you know marathons like the Austin Marathon. I know Austin both the players, uh, the uh, the, the support group, uh, La Cinco Doce was out there too, you know, flying the colors as well. So there's, there's, there's definitely, they're, they're out there a little bit more this year. I think you can, uh, you feel that, that they're uh, actually trying a little bit more. I know if, uh, at the beginning of last season, it was kind of frustrating that they weren't trying to promote themselves as much as you would like. But this year, uh, they've actually been trying a little bit more, man. So we're hopefully that there's actually a, a really good turnout. Like we said, that side of the, that side where they're, where the stadium is situated, it's a, uh, very, let's just go ahead and say, predominantly Hispanic on that side. And they really have, uh, how do you say, uh, grab, they grab a hold of this thing, man. They're, they're, they're really in touch with this team. They love this team. So we're definitely looking for a, a better turnout this season than there was last year. So, but only time will tell. You got to go out to the stadium and see how, you know, what the turnout is. But so far, it looks like the, I mean, it looks, it's looking pretty good and it's feeling pretty good. Yeah, I agree. With the New Mexico United home games, they're crazy. Mm -hmm. You yeah. have to come out to one. And yeah. it's just yeah. crazy how we average about, I would, I would say, 13,000 a game. And then this season, I was a bit more scared that it was going to fall down because of, of how we did last season. And now getting close to us uh, how would you say cup final and i was also looking at your season ticket um packages and i was kind of tempted to just to get the uh, autograph rosa valbon <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we said they're trying to promote very strong down here and that's one of the yeah. things that i think even my wife she she i mean she she loves football don't get me wrong but yeah, that was definitely a selling point for her too. Was getting that Rose Lavelle ball too herself. Yeah, it was very tempting. <laughs> right on. Um, so I was kind of looking a little bit at your schedule, right? Like, just we'll, we'll return right back to the New Mexico Bowl circle here in a minute. But I was looking at your schedule, and it looks like your first five, you're playing us. You got Los Dos. Reno, uh, Real Monarchs, and Phoenix. So, I mean, how are you guys kind of feeling about that first five, especially seeming to have somewhat of a test? Besides New Mexico, it seems like uh, Real Monarchs obviously probably kind of the gaps of things that they lost. And of course, Phoenix, we know, is just like the beast of the West, just they keep adding pieces and pieces to their team. And no, definitely. I think every time we played all five of those teams, it was uh, it was definitely a fight at each one of those. <laughs> you know, they, they really like to send us out West Coast starting out. I really enjoy that. <laughs> That's kind of nice. It seems really fair for us. But no, I mean, it's I mean, it's definitely going to be a challenge. But I mean, I think they're up for it. Second year, there's really there's really no excuse at this point. So hopefully they can come out strong. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, you guys, you know. I mean, nervous about that. I mean, y'all, y'all's team is pretty damn strong. I mean, the one that I'll be looking forward to, hopefully the guys aren't, but I am, is Phoenix. How do we, you know, 
I mean, that's what, five games in or what have you? I mean, that's going to be a strong – I mean, that's kind of a a measuring stick of how hopefully the season's going to go by that time. I yeah. mean, are we going to just – hopefully we don't fold. Hopefully we come out strong. Hopefully we have at least, you know, three and two record by that point. Or, you know, obviously we wouldn't be undefeated by that by Phoenix. But I think that's a good measuring stick of hopefully we get a running record by that point and hopefully we can – get one past those guys you know that's that they're, they're a top team they're a playoff team so hopefully we got a good solid record before we hit that we hit that game no definitely i gotta agree with my brother on that i mean some folks would kind of like cringe at seeing that that you know how the start is with those teams but like he said man if it's it's a measuring stick man it's where you're at man and uh you know, like he said, no excuses this year. The inaugural, you know, inaugural, you know, you know, brand new, you know, team is you can't use that label anymore as much. I don't think, anyways. I think it's time to play, and uh, with the players that they've brought back and uh, some of the signs that they made, uh, you're, you're hoping that you know that defensive back stays a little bit stronger this year than last year. So we're definitely excited to see it. And what better teams to, you know, you know, start off with than those guys? You know, you know, it's going to be a tough team, but if you can get through them, at least. You know, like Elvis said, maybe get a little three-two or uh, a couple draws in there, man. Uh, it, it'd be a good uh, way to, you know, see maybe how the season will go from there, and uh, you'll be probably, you know, get some confidence going if we can get, you know, at least three and two out of that. You know, it'd be some confidence going into this long, as y'all know, long, long season. Did right. So uh, one of our listeners, and I'm sure probably a listener to a lot of the USL pods, uh, Harry Ramenhall. Uh, out of San Antonio. His question was, uh, what was the best offseason move and the biggest loss for your team? And obviously for us too, so we can answer after you guys. Um, let me see. Worst loss? Playoff loss, of course, but um, – but as no. far as players. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. And by the way, what's up, Harry, if you're out there listening, man? Um, but yeah, no, uh, as far as like biggest addition, I think, is Joan. And he's he's a great defender. He has a great left foot. He his size, his speed. Uh, I think he'd make a great addition to that back line to help out uh McFarland, you know, and Coogs back there, help them out a little bit. Cause like I said, we were a little bit shaky. Uh, in that back end, uh, you could. We were definitely scoring goals early on, so that wasn't almost. That wasn't. You know, you, you knew that you could get one from one of those guys up from from Lima or, you know, Tier Pack or Kleber whenever whenever they when he was in. So, there wasn't really. You know, not to say we don't worry, but you know, you were more uh, uh, worried about that back line. So bringing in Joe, Joe was 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 awesome addition. Uh, uh, this this young guy, uh, Breck Evans, who came from North Texas SC. He was already captain at like 23 years old for his team. And, uh, you know, he helped out with, uh, I think, four, 14 clean sheets, which led the uh, their league uh, last year. So that was a great addition, I, I think. And, uh, you know, we brought in Billy Forbes. I know he's got a little bit of age on them, legs on him, but it's always good to, you know, I guess bring in some experience. Uh, he's been around the league. Uh, uh, he's a national for his, uh, for his country. So definitely some good additions as far as losses is concerned. Uh, we lost a few people, but you know, not not to say that everybody has an impact on the team. You don't want to say that you know, it, it doesn't matter. But uh, Phillips, he had himself a motor on him. Uh, he had some pretty good games, but uh, pretty much, I mean, if you really want to go biggest loss, man, I think you know, we hate to say this, man, is uh, uh, promise, man. Yeah, that was that was a big loss for us, man. I know me and Evan didn't do the show. We we didn't, yeah, RIP for sure, man. Uh, 
we, we didn't do a show for like, you know, two weeks or three weeks because he was, uh, I know we had maybe one interview with him, but for the most part, dude, just talking to him in general after games was, yeah. was, was awesome, man. He was such a down to earth dude that he always gave us, you know, some thoughts every mm -hmm. time with, you know, sometimes not even being, you know, asked to, he'd just come up to us if he saw us, Hey guys, come on out here. Let's talk a little bit. So, I mean, as far as biggest loss, man, I'd have to say him because I'm sure the team is still, I mean, he's always going to be with us and I'm sure that he'll always be with the team. So, uh, you know, that's mm -hmm. pretty much probably, I think, I don't know what you think. Maybe. Ditto. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty much it for us for that, man. Yeah. No, I mean, it, uh, you wish you'd probably lose them to free agency or another team, not the way we lost them, you know? Right. So, I mean, that's probably the crappiest part. And, you know, and uh, another loss, you know, as a, as a friend was uh, Clayton Adams. He uh, was champ, man. People's champ. We liked him a lot. He was really a down to earth guy. Gave every single time we go to. I mean, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't in the game very often. But I mean, he was just, he was just a good dude. You know, he should have. He probably should have been playing a little bit more. But I mean, he he was a really cool, down to earth dude. And I, I could see him being a glue guy for that for that locker room. And and you know, he's gone, but he's got some more chances to play somewhere else. Yeah, so. even a Chattanooga or something. Yeah, got to be happy for him. I mean, hopefully he gets some more playing time than he did down here. So. <clears throat> Okay. That's where I'm. That's where I'm at with my with the losses there. Okay. I'll like I'll take a letter at least to talk about our biggest losses. Yeah. Well, I was about to ask you, what was y'all's biggest loss? So I feel like our biggest loss of the season was the most obvious one, Santi Moore to Phoenix Rising, and that can hurt a little bit. That's our rival right there. You could say El Paso is, but it's more Phoenix Rising. And he was a hell of a player, best in the USL, if you ask me. You have him scoring against Minnesota United and against these other MLS teams. It's just crazy how we got him. And I honestly thought he was going to stick around for another season because of what choice saw in him. But, you know, it was a loss for us, and so was Kavon Crater. But at the same time, I really didn't care for it because he wasn't giving a hundred percent in every game and you can tell oh, that's fired <laughs> <laughs> and i say a uh, biggest game for this season was kaylin Ryden. we would struggle well with our back line and schmidt and Bethe, they just don't have that connection and that's a really great defender, but if you put him next to Kalen, I have a feeling that's going to be a strong center back along with Manny Padilla and Suggs on the left. Awesome. I'm glad to see Santi Moore's gone. That dude was a, he was a hoss. <laughs> I mean, he was a beast. <laughs> hey, man, his, his game raised up in that match out there in Austin. I mean, he just kind of hit a whole new level in that game. But then after that, it just seemed like it kind of cooled off. Yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, yeah, we were definitely checking him out before we talked to you, man. And then he actually, we saw him in the game and he was definitely, I don't want to say, you know, downplay other players in the USL, but you can see he was probably a little level above some, man. He's, I mean, I like your writer. I, know, I don't know who did the write-ups on him, but the Matador, I think, was the name that I saw on one of y'all's write-ups. He was definitely yeah. that, dude. That dude was, he was nasty, man, for sure. Oh, yeah, that, that was my article, The Etymology of El Matador. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was, yeah, I liked, liked that. It was a good read, man. Right on, right on. So, when you guys were, you know, in the offseason, and obviously you had spots that were empty and you were anticipating the signings, I mean, what, 
what were you guys kind of hoping for? Because I know on our end, of course, when you lose Sansi Moore, you lose um, Freighter, and then, of course, they didn't sign back four guys that really didn't get any time. We, I know our thing was, please don't sign someone else who's just going to ride the bench. We definitely need uh, players that are going to be hungry, and we wondered if the club would spend money given the fact that obviously with the huge, you know, attendance and whatnot breaking out the records, but they spend some money and get some actual players that were starters, not just more, you know, uh, players in the 18. When for me, one of the biggest things that I saw was, uh, I know we got Restrepo, but was goalkeeper, man. I know we, uh, we, we, we brought someone in last year who he actually looked pretty good, man. He had some pretty good uh, U.S. Open uh, Cup games, man, uh, the Colombian. And he ended up – we ended up not re-signing him. So I was thinking going into this, like, damn, what are we going to do? You know, are we going to bring in our international from Jamaica? You know, he's got some – you know, old Thompson, he's he backs up. But, you know, he's got some age on him. So I was thinking, what the heck are we going to do with that? But luckily we got somebody from a Brazilian team, Vasco da Gama. We brought him in. Uh, He's, he looks pretty good, man. He's a young guy and probably can give uh, uh, Restrepo a couple of uh, days off here, a couple, you know, a few times. But uh, other than that, man, was that back line? That was that's all I was thinking of, really, because we lost Phillips, uh, we lost Woodbury, and uh, I know throughout the season Troncoso was out, and which mm-hmm. one, one guy that you know he he brought a motor. Luckily, they were able to sign him, and he'll be back this year. But it was the back. I was actually kind of excited. You know, Joan got signed, and uh, we brought in Brett Evans. Man, that was basically what I was looking at was that back line. Yeah. For, for me, it was keeping the core group of guys. I was hoping that would happen, only because I was seeing it from a different angle where we still are an expansion team. You keep that core group of guys. You keep these guys running together, and we need familiar faces out there so we can continue to carry the fans and, you know, and have – bigger support continue that growing you see familiar faces you continue to see the fans grow they you know you recognize the guys out on the field and the just to play i mean you can't there's no substitute for you know comfortability out there with the, with all your guys cohesiveness yeah. you know so i mean i was just hoping which we we did a lot of which was great was just keeping the core group of guys that we thought that were working together or was starting to get comfortable with each other and you know we'll make another run for it you know yeah, for sure. So then let's look at kind of ahead to this weekend. Have you guys uh, been privy to seeing your team and any of the friendlies uh, during the preseason? Man, unfortunately for me, I haven't. I wanted to, I mean, badly, but, man, it's it was crazy. Of course, the, the season starts in the most unopportune time, you know, super busy and i hate using that because you know you should never be busy for your favorite team but i mean i haven't been able to go check it out i'd like to go see them you know play you know smu and all the um you know and who else they played um i forgot who the other team was but i really wanted to go yeah there you go and i was unfortunately we were i wasn't able to go see any of them and but i mean you know definitely supporting from the outside no, definitely. Um, like he said, man, we, we, we work for the same company, man. We're building America. We're actually union plumbers. So actually sometimes, okay. man, you get kicked in the way. So it is what it is. But, uh, man, and the other thing that kind of gets people frustrated around here is, like, I, I guess they 
advertise that, but not really. So sometimes it's like last minute when the Bold will put up, oh, by the way, we're at this location. Because I think maybe two of those games were actually at Bold Stadium. The rest were uh, away games. And, you know, we couldn't quite get out to where they were. But uh, other than that, man, uh, we we haven't, been, we haven't seen a whole lot. But we'll, we'll be the first game, though. No, no cussing. This isn't our show, man. Oh, sorry. Hey, whatever, man. We had David Carl on last week from the Curse, and he uh, he definitely popped the cherry of the cuss words. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, about yeah, sorry about that. How about y'all? Have y'all been able to get out there and see some preseason games for y'all? Uh, just the intra-squad match when the switchbacks kind of canceled on us. But other than that, they were closed door friendlies. Yeah, that's pretty that much it. So, like. 20 other fans showed up, so I don't know what happened there. Yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, Austin's also a town where you need some, uh, some, uh, what do you call it, some, I don't know, the newspaper guys get all the, you know, invites and stuff, so it is what it is. We're just a couple, you know, jag trying to run the podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> I understand what that closed stuff means, too, over here, so that's pretty much how it's been for us as well. Yeah, it's kind of hard to kind of really understand how your team is playing. I mean, when we did the inner squad friendly, all you can really kind of see is, you know, you see like your teammates playing each other. But again, like you hope that, you know, like when you play your when you play sports as a kid, obviously like you're only as good as the player across from you if they're really holding you accountable and not letting you get those easy, you know, shots and things like that. And so the inner squad, you know, the way they lined it up, they lined up like the season one guys against all the guys that were like season two or that were kind of fighting for minutes. And for the most part, it really looked like the guys that were brand new to the team really were the ones that really kind of, you know, showed up that day and really were physical and were really, you know, just trying to, you know, obviously – go all out, whereas with all the guys that were like, you know, season one, you know, they didn't at all times seem maybe very physical or the energy was different. It was like watching the season one guys at about minute 60 in a nil-nil game where they're kind of vexed as far as energy, so they not really have any sort of stimulus going on. And it would be someone from this new squad who's going to come in and kind of invigorate that squad. And that was kind of what it looked like that day. The new dudes were kind of just going hard, just full-on energy. Other dudes trying to make something work. And then, of course, it goes down to, like, a PK. And, of course, then the veteran guys pull it out at that point, which is kind of how it went in the season. Yeah. You know, Definitely. other than that, we really didn't see any of the friendlies. You know, you all you could really do is rely on local sources. You know, when they played El Paso, we relied on seriously local to kind of give us a little texture, you know, or when they played Phoenix Rising, you know, we relied on uh, David Carl from the first kind of live tweet. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I I kind of thought like, and, you know, if we're not really going to show us the friendlies, 
it's crazy how the club tries to hype up the friendlies on like Twitter or other medias and kind of yeah. make us think like, oh, cool, they won today. But yeah, we don't really get to see how they play, see formations, see who got minutes. So it's just really hard to kind of balance the important friendlies as far as we're concerned, being independent media, if we're not inside or getting some technical information. Is that how it is for you guys? No, yeah, definitely. We can definitely <laughs> we can relate to that, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's they like you said. They, they yeah, I said a lot of places they hype it up, and then yeah, it's, you see a lot of trialists. I guess you could say and nothing against the trialists. You always, you know, you hope somebody can always get a chance or whatever. And that, like you said, it's usually those guys that are going a hundred percent. And then the other guys who've been there already, you know, are kind of like the seniors, you know, coming out there for two days, kind of just going through the motions and you don't want to say that you know, a whole lot you don't want to throw nobody in the bus but that's pretty much how it looks sometimes so i can definitely we can definitely relate with that so going into this match um what are some things you guys are looking at out of a first match against an opponent like new mexico uh what things have to go right for you guys Man, you know, um, I keep on continuously, you know, saying the same thing, really, uh, just rewording it. But it's, it's it. I want to see how they come out with as a team. Um, are they comfortable? Are they, I mean, obviously, the jitters are over. I mean, you can't, like you said, all the excuses of the expansion and stuff like that. I was like, how are they going to rise rise to the occasion? <clears throat> Hopefully, I mean, you're gonna always going to be some hiccups here and there. But I'm hoping, you know, everything uh, – because last year it was tough starting off the game and uh, – you know, the offense was just not very good. And so, you know, we had to rely on the defense for what it felt like the first 10 games of the season. And hopefully that's not the that's not the case here because the way we think uh, coaches' strategy is, is, you know, points, 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 you know. And that's what they say. That's you know, what they say. trying to get goals. And so hopefully we start that way this season instead of, you know, just scrap – instead of relying on scrappy play and hopefully – our defense uh, can keep uh, keep it puckered up and out of the goal. So, you know, I'm going to be looking for goals. I'm hoping that that's what they do. At least, you know, I don't know what, 14 shots on on goal will be all right. I don't know what the score will be, but that's what I'm looking for and see what our offense is actually doing at this point with a whole year ahead of us, you know, especially if a, tr a strong team like you guys coming in. I mean, y'all got the support. Y'all got the talent. So, I mean, I know y'all guys got, what, 100 and – what did they tell us? 150, 150 people? people coming from New Mexico to yep. this game. So, I mean, I mean, it should be a pretty good environment too. Yeah. yeah. As far as I'm for, for me, it's uh, I just want to see what that back line. Like I said, they got like three guys that are coming, two from injuries that uh, were actually, you know, during the mid middle of the season, man, they got hurt and they were out for a while. So they're coming back and the new guys, man, I want to see how they, uh, how they play together, man. Like I always said, last year it was, it was pretty good watching the defense at the beginning of the season. Cause they, like I always said, we were able to pull out scrappy little one, no one nil wins, you know, two ones. Uh, so, Thank the Lord for Restrepo. To yeah. be honest with you. So man, for, for, for me, man, that's what I'm seeing. I think the back line has to, uh, has to, has to play well, man, has to come out strong again this year. Uh, but I want to see that. I want to see the, the forwards, man. See how they come up with another year under their legs. I know uh, 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 Kleber's a year older. You know Lima's a year older. So I'd like to see uh, how they they come out for that first game, man. Uh, hopefully, you know, not throw anybody under the bus. Maybe we're in you know better shape than last year. Yeah, that's pretty much what we're looking at. How about y'all? 
Um, one thing I would add is that this year we've definitely got uh, some vertical on players. So we definitely got some players that got height now. So when it comes to Austin, which we know they're really much, they, they were really pretty much just playing in the air. They're playing aerial duels. When we played mm-hmm. y'all, there were a lot of cross balls coming through. Mm-hmm. I do remember, you know, balls just going off the top of the frame um, for the most part. And so I think with us having guys with height now, we could actually kind of compete a little bit in the air as well. And that was something that we completely gave up last year. Yeah, yeah no. Oh, sorry. Also, too, um, the fact that we actually have players who can come off the bench and form at the same level and energy as players who were already on the field, that makes me more comfortable. And also, um, hopefully, that backline gets a lot better with who we picked up. And I'm very interested to see Troy's formation. I have a feeling it's not going to be just a flat uh, 4 4 2. It's going to be maybe a 3 4 2 1. Yeah, we, they've definitely been kind of experimenting. We, we kind of feel like they're going to run three backs at times because uh, Kaylin Ryden obviously you know, can play your true center. Uh, Justin Schmidt. Uh, while he played left, you know, he's obviously showing that he's somewhat good on the right side, too. Um, we we kind of think you're going to have Schmidt on the left, Ryder in the middle, and then, like, Tete on the right side. We imagine we would see, like, uh, Josh Suggs and Manny Padilla, who normally are our left and right back, kind of being uh, sent up the wings. Uh, so... At least we're having Suggs, who's a left back, and having a Kalen uh, Ryder center back. Both those players can be released, go all the way up the field uh, with the ball. So those are definitely some threats I'm looking forward to. I think that that's going to create more chances for us. Uh, I'm interested to see how Romeo Parks is going to do. Uh, you know, coming from uh, Sligo Rovers recently, and of course the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. I'm interested to see uh, just how his game translates from the League of Ireland Premier League, and and also of course our new addition, Amanda Marino from Chicago Fire. Awesome. I mean, we're back for us, man. For a few things, the back it's ourselves, man, and. It was killing us, especially, you know, as the season wore on and legs got heavy, man. And uh, it almost felt like, you know, a goal could go in at any time against that the three at the back. And I think uh, there was a lot of uh, experimenting by Coach Marcelo there. Lord knows what formation we're going to come up with. Yeah. It's so. just, you know, <laughs> drop of the hat. You just put everything in a hat and we'll, you know, we'll make bets and see what see what we come out with. Yeah, because whatever formation you think we played it. And so that's another one. So we're definitely glad y'all reminded about that. Yeah, formations, man, because right. Lord knows we a lot of different formations. Well, Especially one of the things that I think that is a concern is that we could have uh, so many scoring threats, or mm-hmm. but 
if chances don't get finished, then I think that could be frustrating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it's frustrating when you know what they're trying to do and they just simply can't get it done. That's what just makes it more frustrating. And, I mean, that was a lot for us in the beginning because, you know, he wants high-octane shots on goal. You know, don't matter if they score eight uh, or you get uh, eight goals scored on as long as you, you, you score nine. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, that's all well and good, but you got to score those damn goals. So, you know, that's the frustrating part about it was it for us for a little bit in the beginning. And, you know, as, as the season turned and people started getting, you know, comfortable in the cohesiveness, I mean, the, the, the goal started coming. But, I mean, yeah, that was that's a bit of a frustrating part. Yeah, the slow starts is what you don't want to see on our end anyways. Yeah. Right. I get you on that. So to switch gears then, uh, one of our other listeners, uh, Lisa Newson, wants to know uh, – Hang on, sorry, just trying to find it. Oh, she wants to know uh, what should New Mexico United fans do in Austin after the game? After the game. I don't know. It depends on what your preferences are. There's a whole lot to do. I mean, if, you know, from what a couple of my experiences are, you know, you got your fake IDs or whatever have you you got going on. You got to take on to uh, – go to Sixth Street or something, just depending on what y'all's preferences are. I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot to, there is a lot to do, but not a lot to do. So, I mean, it just depends on what you want to do. I'd say Sixth Street, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that in, on my worst enemy to go down there. Um, I think I'd probably want to go to the domain, but it's kind of the funny thing where the stadium is situated at. Everything, everything is, is going to be a bit of a drive for what you have to do. So it's kind of out in the – I say the boonies, but it's out in the east side of the boonies and everything kind of things to do are on the west. And so, I mean, you'd have – you know, there's downtown. Better Velocity Lounge. There you go. Right on the track. There you go. That's where all the fans go afterwards, go to, you know, hang out with the team and, have, you know, have a few drinks and stuff like that. There's a full bar in there. I mean, if, you know, so if you, if you, want, if you don't want to go nowhere because you may be a little soft stuff from the $2 beer night – Head of Velocity Lounge. It's, 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 it's a good spot to be at. You know, you get a little footy banner if you want going on. But yeah, like Elvis says, man, we, I mean, you can do the normal stuff that everybody does or, you I know, mean, hit up some cuisine, I guess, man. Yeah. I mean, I say, you know, find yourself in South Austin, I would say, because um, that's the closest proximity to uh, the city. So if you go south, you just Google in South Austin, and there's a whole bunch of stuff to do South Austin. I'd tell you to go up like to North Austin domain area, but I mean, that's depending on where you're staying. That's a qu- quite a bit of a drive. Yeah. Okay. You know, but okay. I mean, it, it, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be specifics. If you tell me what you'd like to do, then that'd be a little bit helpful, but I'm guessing it's a nightlife that we'd be looking for. Right. I'd say downtown domain or South Austin, you're rainy gonna, street, rainy street. You're going to find something. Okay. What about breakfast spots? Breakfast spots. Um, whew, know, this, cafe. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're trying to go to Austin proper, then you know there's a bunch of stuff. But if you want to like kind of like where me and him are from in Buda, there's a spot called Casa All Day. Google that. Great freaking tacos is what we grew up on. It's you know south of Austin. Um, let's see what other breakfast joint could y'all go to? Um, y'all can hit up Haymaker. It's just, uh, um, it's kind of, it's kind of East Austin. It's called Haymaker. It's a, it's a pretty dope little soccer hub. 
I forgot who they're they're uh, they're actually a hub for is it Arsenal fans? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Arsenal fans, so a bunch of garbage people that go there, but the food's good. Um, <laughs> and, I don't know. It, what else, man? I'm drawing blanks here, man. Y'all gonna put me on the spot like this? Nah, no, no, man. But, but it's all right. But breakfast spots is yeah. As far as like if, yeah, if you're in like Austin proper, man, you want to try Kirby Lane. Oh, uh, uh, Kirby Lane, yes, absolutely. Yeah, if you want to go East Side, where like Mexican places right man one in the millions awesome yeah uh, that's a great place you can go in there and get yourself some i guess what y'all are used to is breakfast burritos so that place you know yeah. makes you a pretty big ass burrito if you want to go check that out so okay let's go one in a million one, one in, in a million, million. it's yeah. been on tv wow. i mean travel channel it's one of those places a big ass taco that you're not going to finish my i don't know i was never able to finish it but it's pretty no, damn good if you right not not too far from where the actual stadium is at man right on one eight because the stadium's right on 183 and uh 812 so you know it's really close to lockhart within like 20 20 minutes of lockhart man easy nice drive you ain't got to get off the highway and you can hit up the legendary local spots in Lockhart, man, from Smitty's Barbecue to Kreitz's to Black's Barbecue. If you're a little bit low in the pocket change, you go down the Chisholm Trail. So, you know, all the barbecue spots are pretty much in Lockhart, and that's not too far away from the stadium. You can do Franklin's, but, you know, you better hire somebody to, like, stand in line for you or some shit. You know? <laughs> recommendation, recommendation, if you were to go to Lockhart, I mean, there's lots of barbecue, but my personal favorite is Black's Barbecue. That's my joint. I think my brother likes Kreitz's or something. Not for the hell he, likes, he likes Smitty's. I'm a black. I'm a, I'm a black guy. I love blacks. No barbecue sauce. All dry rub. If you want sauce, you go somewhere else. So that will give you that nugget. I'm not a sauce guy. I don't like. Sauce. I'm a I sauce guy. Like you are a sauce guy, go with this guy. No, Smith, no, go to Crisis. If you, and Crisis ain't bad, don't get me wrong. A lot of people like going there, actually. So, and there's a whole little family like feud that goes on with Crisis and Smitty. So, be careful what you say when, you, when you're around, you know. So, I was thinking maybe y'all were looking for red or green or something around here. Y'all want something different when y'all leave New Mexico, huh? Uh, you know, I'm up for that, I'm up for that barbecue. <laughs> there we go. Then it, it, it go to Lockhart, dude. You're gonna enjoy it. You go to Lockhart, and you go to one of those spots. I mean, whichever one you go to, you're, you're not gonna do it wrong. Yeah, it's definitely they're all pretty good, man. You know, so um, I would tell you about the salt lip because um, I know you everybody hears about that, but you're talking about a, a drive if you want to be close to the uh, close to the stadium. That's completely on the other side of town, so I can't really. I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want that drive for you, but you can still go there if you wanted to go. There. Right. Okay. Uh, so you guys got any questions for us that you want to know? Yeah. Well, you got me talking about this place, so now I got to think about it now. Now what? Damn. You got one? You yeah, got man. One who, out of, I know y'all said y'all lost uh, Santi Moore, so who would be y'all's next guy up, man? Who's the you know next man up? Who, who do we need to look at? I have a feeling Amanda Moreno. He's a strong player, and with him coming from Chicago Fire and Liga MX, he's he's gonna do probably wonders to this team this season, and he's just gonna get snatched from us. All right, let me write that down. Visit him. Make yeah. sure he gets no sleep the night before. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely going to be a Mondo Moreno. Um, but I think one of the guys who's returning, uh, Chris Weehan, is probably up for a good season this year. Um, you know, last year he got his career high, 10 goals, uh, and six assists. Now, he was the 2017 Rookie of the Year, the same year that Sansi Moore came in 
and was playing at Bethlehem uh, still. So we thank Chris Williams uh, for uh, just an amazing season. I think he's trying to obviously overdo the rookie season, but then also overdo his season post-Saddle race. Awesome. Are, like, is the whole seeking seek strike y'all all coming out, or how, how's that? Am I going to be able to see some of y'all's faces in person? So you're going to see me. Alicia is going to be in New Mexico. Uh, our other boy, Dan, Dan will be at the tailgate. Uh, there we go. Dan, Dan will be kind of pulling more of a uh, full-time devil routine as far as interviewing at tailgates and such and so on like that. And like post-match questions, if you will. All right, there we go. Awesome. It's like, uh, is a hundred like a fifty fans from you guys? Is that a pretty good traveling squad, or y'all usually have more or less, or seems about right? Uh, it seems about right. Too often, yeah. considering how far it is from us. But <laughs> usually, like for the locomotives. We have about, I would say, 300 times mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's pretty decent. That's awesome. I wish I could give you all an answer for our away numbers, but, you know, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> They're close to the teens. <laughs> hey, awesome, man. No, we're looking forward to having you all down here, man. I know uh, – uh, we have the beer end at the stadium. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good places to eat actually there. So you know, hopefully we get to see y'all, man, hang out a little bit, man. Yeah, we're definitely going to hang out, man. I'm going to bring a mic with me so we can uh, maybe even do a little uh, little post-match. Uh, Here we go. You know, a little, we can kind of talk to each other afterwards, kind of talk about how that went. No, that'd be that'd be awesome. That sounds like a good deal because I'm actually getting uh, switching my on call schedule, so I won't be on call uh, call that week. So it'll be all right. All right. Well, right right. well then, uh, you know, we really appreciate having you guys on the pod. You know, just want to obviously give the people a little bit to kind of wet their palates before they, you know, tune in on Saturday. Uh, you know, where can folks listen to you? find you on the internet in case they want to go in and hear more where can they find your podcast well you can um of course our twitter is t at t boldcast bold bold and then we're on all your um on spotify we're on where was the other, other one that we were on the uh always soundcloud. soundcloud all the ones where you can find them pretty much there i always just say spotify because that's the easiest and most people can find us on that and it's the same thing it's uh, uh t boldcast so you can find us with the same handle i believe it is i have to check on that but yeah you can find it on there and i always just say spotify because that's the easiest and, and but it's on where you can find most of your you know podcast at okay well uh i do want to entice you guys and say uh if you want to go to a network where the uh, owners aren't going to be dancing all up in the videos <laughs> to come to a uh, beautiful game network. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. All in the I videos, dancing. All right. Yeah, I see you. I, I get that. <laughs> what was that again? Yeah, you guys got to come over to the beautiful game network, man. Okay. Get your podcast on there because, you know, we, we need to have you as part of the family. 
Okay, man. That's uh, look at that. He's actually writing it down. A good deal. Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll freaking look, definitely look into that, Chris, for sure. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some Frito pie for you too, so you ain't go too far away from the house while you're down here. My my father-in-law's from. He's a New Mexico native himself, so I might bring some jerky and some chili. Hey, that's hey, hey, he just made he made me some jerky the other day. Yeah, it's went to this thrift shop. He uh, found a, a humidifier for dehydrator, dehydrator whatever. Same difference <laughs> for eight dollars. Eight dollars, fully functioning. Yeah, that's okay. Usually, I gotta ask for V-Hills, you know, because that's the only yes. one that I can pretty, pretty much get out here. But yeah. But I'm hoping, man, hoping you have a lot of fun while you're down here, man. You get your barbecue figs. You know, we got a lot of that, so. Yeah, we're going to have some fun, man, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's going to be, I think it'll be a good time, man. Good weekend. Right on. Well, you guys have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Uh, thank you, uh, Chris. Alicia, appreciate y'all for having us on. Yeah, man. Much appreciate for being on, uh, letting us on y'all show, man. I really, yeah, for sure. really enjoyed it, man. We'll be running around with our microphone. Maybe we can get a few words from the Seek and Strike ourselves, man, while you we're out there. You got it. All right, man. Appreciate right. y'all, man. You have a good night. Me too. Peace. Okay, thank man. you. Bye-bye. Let's jump into a match prediction for the Austin game, right? So we had just finished talking to uh, the Three Birds uh, bold cast guys. You know, obviously we let them off the hook this time without giving us a match prediction. So you and I, let's talk about match predictions and maybe player predictions. Um, as I said earlier, this game is going to be a tough one. Um, considering how we did last season with them and with their new players and our new players we really don't know how it's going to truly go down until um, Saturday especially with Troy's formations you don't know what he's going to do he can have a 4-4-2 and in the second half he can have a 4 uh, 3-4-2-1 so you never really know but my prediction is that we take home a win but it will be 1-0 okay um, I do agree with you. Like, you know, I am interested to see the formation. I am happy to think that, you know, being there in person, uh, that I'll be able to tell you, like, oh, hey, this is what it is. I mean, I, I know you'll be you'll be watching it, but you know, sometimes those shapes, you know, they present themselves very differently on the TV than what they are in person. But um, I I kind of think that we'll start off in a four-two-three-one, and I think that he'll have in personnel to be able to shift into like a quality three back. Um, you know, and I don't know if he does it so soon or maybe he alternates in the first 10 games. Maybe he just has to really test the waters first in a couple minutes of each game and then from there see what formation really works out and just start moving players as they're playing. Right, maybe he maybe he runs a 3-5-2 three, uh, three, or a 3-4-3. Three, when the team is up and they're playing more of a defensive uh, set. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring bout. I feel like 
Sammy Sergei. That's what I was thinking. He's gets, score. gets a goal. I feel like he gets one. And I feel like Armando Marino kind of sets it up. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you saw that goal with Phoenix Rising. Armando Moreno could have easily taken that shot, but he saw opportunity and he set it up beautifully to Chris Meehan. Oh yeah, it was like right up front. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm kind of with you on a clean sheet. I do think it's going to be two nil. Um, I think Sergi gets one goal, and I think the other goal maybe comes from Sandoval. I think it's Sandoval's just up front, just big body kind of collects one that's like easily out front, just puts it back. Now, speaking of Sandoval, I believe he's better when he comes off the bench. Do you believe that he's going to start? I don't think he starts. Um, I think you're right to, to assume that he comes off the bench. I honestly think that they maybe don't bring their starters off right away. Mm-hmm. I think that they use a lot of these new players right off the bat to kind of see what kind of energy that looks like. Yeah, because I can definitely see uh, Romeo and Serge at uh, starting 11. Right. I definitely agree with you on that one. Um, I think in looking at the whole lineup then, if you want to you talk about that, um, in your back four, who do you think you have? Uh, Cody's for sure. Um, they're not going to replace him anytime soon. Right. And uh, Manny Padilla, Kalen Ryden, don't want to say it, but Schmidt is going to be there. Sorry. All my love for Schmidt, he goes out there, but I just believe that they would do a little better of a job in the back. And Suggs, for sure. What about yours? I do agree with the same. I mean, the preseason, we've been talking about it. We have. I have just seen maybe the most inopportune camera angles for Schmidt, but there's just a lot of times where it looks like he is getting beat off the ball yeah and you know and i I, maybe maybe this scenario i don't know the full aspect of it but you know i mean speed and pace has been a topic surrounding him i mean you know he is more of a perimeter defender and surely does you know obviously occupy a lot of space um i i do think that schmidt's probably in your starting lineup you know and I, I think that that's early minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that Tete replaces him. Um, I don't know if Ryden comes out just yet. I don't know if he plays full 90s, you know, no, or what that may look like. I could probably see Ryden starting in second half. Right. And having possibly Sam Hamilton in the first half with Schmidt. Do you think that Hamilton gets moved back to the defender, or do you think that they move they keep him in the middle? I would keep him in the middle. Yeah, um, he's been doing very well there. And with Andrew Tanari coming in and Guzman and Sali and all of our midfielders, as long as they alternate and not move Hamilton to the back, um, you have a pretty strong center midfield. Right on. Side tangent, I saw Tanari at the Black and Yellow Bash. <laughs> he looks clean like Vincent Castle, dude. Like, I honestly <laughs> do think that that dude body doubles for the cat burglar. Um, so, okay, then going through the mid, uh, who's your starting mid? Um, I would have on the on the right, um, probably Amanda Moreno, center, uh, Guzman, and Tenari, and then far left, 
the left, probably Bruce, Brucey. Okay. Or uh, Jody's. Okay. I do want to see him play. Yeah. I do want to see him play. I think. Um. I think. I do see. I see Bruce on the left. And I could see definitely see Amano Marino playing like on the right as well. Um, I see Salih and, and Guzman in there. You know, the interesting thing this year is that there's so much midfield talent that you know. I mean, you know, Troy can use Chris Wehan up top or even in the middle line. Um, so really, like, I mean, I think that that's going to be something for us to keep our eye on. Uh, really, in these first five to ten matches. Um, so with your forwards, I mean, who do you see playing up top? I said earlier, Romeo and Sergei. They're probably with the height and the speed that they have, on top of the talent, it's just gonna be unstoppable. Fresh legs coming in, we're gonna be unstoppable on top if we create those chances. Yeah, I think the most chemistry definitely is gonna come from all the new players. Off the bat, it seems like. Um, I definitely am looking forward to seeing uh, Romeo and Sergei. Um, I, I would like to also see uh, Weehan and also maybe Sergei as well. I yeah. I want to see some different combinations. Yeah. I, I believe that those are definitely uh, viable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and hell, I mean, for 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 giggles, I I'd love to see uh, Kaylin Ryan and just. Take it all the way up the top. And score. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Score or just put it up there. Yeah. And also, too, I was kind of just rethinking my back four. Maybe we'll start off with David Najem instead of Manny Padilla. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, uh, if you notice, Manny kind of gets tired uh, quick because he puts all of his energy and effort into the game, which I love right. that about him. And he doesn't stop. Even if he's tired, he still tries to find a way to keep going and going. But at some point, you're going to either see Najem come in or uh, it's going to be the opposite. Najem starts and then Manny finishes off the, the half. Okay. I like it. Um, so let's talk about these couple of points. Um, one thing that's interesting to me, looking at our first five matches, uh, so we play Austin Bold, but then we also play FC Tulsa, El Paso, Las Vegas, and Colorado Springs. Now, it doesn't appear that the first five matches is really like we're playing the better five teams. I mean, you know, with exception, obviously. You know, we know how Austin was. You know, Tulsa, you know, I mean, they're kind of in a rebuild, like, as far as, like, the rebranding is concerned. Um, El Paso, to me, like, seems like that's going to be maybe the more anticipated match of the five. Um, Las Vegas and Colorado Springs, like, I don't really know, like, you know, like, it seems like that, that first five is best for us to have a favorable record, but I don't know if it necessarily challenges us the most way. Um, yeah, it's just kind of hard, too, because considering how well we did last season at the beginning and how kind of terrible we finished, I'm kind of scared about that's going to happen again. So for me, I would kind of have... Uh, I would love to go undefeated these first five games, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't go that way, and we have to really just, 
if we find something, stick with it. Troy loves to change things, but if he finds something, he just needs to stick with it. Well, in, in the first five games, like, they didn't play a full 90 mm-hmm. from last year. We know that much. Not so, that much. Uh, we definitely got to uh, hope that, you know, in the first five games that there is, uh, that they are playing a full 90 minutes, uh, that that they are creating chances. Uh, we'd have to definitely worry about the fact that uh, that they're not uh, that that it ever becomes more about them letting as many goals in. Because like you remember last year, like last year, I mean, we put up goals on Phoenix, we put up goals on Orange County, you know, but we also let those goals come right back. So to yeah. me, like I am more concerned about. Uh, us playing very conservative games. Yeah, no, and uh, based off the preseason, it seems like when we were up, we stayed up. We did not let those chances come through. Um, the El Paso game 4-1, unfortunately, they did score on us, but we didn't let it happen again. We prob- I'm assuming from what I saw last season, there was a lot of high pressure. And with these new uh, guys coming in, you can tell that they give more than 100% in each game. Whether it's preseason, intra-squad, it doesn't matter. They're always going to do their best. Now, they did just play FC Tucson, and you know that was kind of a polarizing game. I mean, given the fact of the success we had uh, with all the other friendlies, to see that one happen, and we lost, what, uh, was it 3-0? 3-0, yeah. 3-0. So, Three nil, and we have very little information about how that game went. Um, we, I mean, I didn't really see too many pictures or uh, too many little video clips out there. Um, I know that I tried to reach out to the club to uh, get information, and <laughs> got kindly told that there would not be any information released. Um, so I think that's the only thing that kind of creates an anomaly for me is that that was a perfect opportunity to find out what things we didn't do and it was so properly shielded that you know we won't really know what that what happened in that match to be able to know what we might be seeing yeah and my first initial thought is it's the same as last season we play a strong team and then we go down and play somebody who's at the very bottom of the table or a league below us and we play town to their level i do not and i really do not want to see that happen again this season because it cost us a lot of points from games we should have won i agree with you we can't play down i mean you know there it's one thing to get players to play 100 percent, and it's another thing uh to have players uh that you know, they play down, or hey, we got this game kind of in the bag, you know, like, to me, like, you know, as far as this team's concerned, I think that they got to just, they got to play like, like they are, they are just down and out um, through these matches, you know, we can't be overly confident in matches, to me, like, going up two points on Phoenix, I'm not satisfied there, like, I think that, you know, that's one half of it, but I believe solid defense, you know what I mean, is going to be key. Substitutions at the right time and not yes. and not when it seems like things are good in the 70th minute, you know. To I kind mean, of just chill? No. Right, you yeah. You cannot do that. Uh, 
at this point, if we're, like Troy said, if we're trying to bring home a cup, every minute, every second of each game is very crucial. Um, so I was something else I was kind of looking at too when we were talking to uh, the the bold guys earlier is that uh, in their schedule, like every other three block of games, they were either home or away. And when I looked at our schedule, it was like maybe a little bit more balanced. Like every two games, we were home or we were away. That kind of seems like a better situation for the team this year because you know they're not going to be away from their families or the home for too long um, and but they're also going to be able to recharge and be at home i mean how do you kind of see that going for us this year having kind of a level schedule i see uh favoring us last season we were away for i think it was like about a month and a half and that really kind of took a toll on our players not being back home and not having the energy to recharge with the jet lag that they had of all these road trips where they had to travel and play. Um, being back home, you can tell they love uh, being with their fans here because it not only does it get them going our energy, but it also kind of intimidates the other team. Like, whoa, like there's 13,000 fans and this is nerve-wracking. So switching gears to like the latter half of the show uh just kind of looking at some of the latest usl news i don't know if you've got a chance to see some of the articles that usl championship has released uh they were just talking about uh the top 10 defenders today in which kaylin ryden was one of those uh, top 10 defenders um i thought it was a joy to see a little bit of that new mexico yellow logo kind of creeping up in the article i mean i know that we've been talking about uh, ride in throughout this episode um, you know I'd like to think that you know some of our other players can kind of creep into those USL uh, team of the weeks for Defender yeah no definitely and uh, seeing from like little updates from uh, Phoenix it seemed like Yearwood was on his game that day like Yearwood this, Yearwood that, Yearwood's doing very well. I can see him becoming a better player this season compared to last. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. I think Yearwood's definitely um, stepped it up some. And, uh, I mean, I, I, he definitely came in the times that Suggs was hurt, and he really did um, just show uh, really, like, you know, his worth in the roster. And, I mean, you know, I'm sure if they had an extra position, that Yearwood would be in it. So, um, and then the other thing I had saw was, I had saw the power rankings, and they had New Mexico as 10th, you know, in the power rankings. You know, and obviously, they kind of slated that to new additions. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I think things like adding Kalen Ryden, you know, make it possible. And, you know, I mean, of course, like, I think the power ranking is going to be kind of arbitrary in the beginning right now. We really have to see how we do in the matches. You know, again, like we said earlier with, with the Three Birds guys, I mean, I'm really excited to see how our new players do uh, in this setting. Um, I remember watching the match that our guys played in Austin. I think they played it at a part of the year where it was super hot, and it seemed like everyone's energy was vexed. You know, yes, Santi had a amazing match uh, in that, and, and, and it was only really kind of him. Yeah. You know, so we really hope that the efforts are kind of spread around. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, me too. It just goes back to that one thing. Do not play down to other teams. It doesn't matter how many points they have on that table. You treat every team as if they were the, the best team. And in our case, we play our best against Phoenix. So just look at every team as if they're Phoenix. Right on. So, um, you know, as we kind of close out this episode, uh, Alicia, is there anything that you uh, want to leave our listeners with as they're hearing this, uh, either, uh, you know, somewhere later this week or maybe they're tuning in as they're uh, flying in Austin? Is there anything you want to leave the, with listeners with? So, I unfortunately will not be making it to Austin this weekend, so safe travels to everybody that's going and cheer really loud. We want to hear you through. Um, the the speakers at the watch parties and if you're in town and looking for a watch party i will be at the salt yard at the west side one watching it there with my family if a couple of united fans want to get together and kind of uh you know show up right on so uh yeah along the lines of that uh yeah so the salt yard west and east are doing watch parties definitely join alicia uh, at salt yard west if you could make it um, I do want to put out a few other um, watch parties out there. Obviously, the Curse uh, has their official watch parties. If you are a Curse member, uh, you can get a discount using your Curse card. If you don't have a Curse card, you can definitely go on Curse uh, CurseNM.com, um, and that gets you uh, 18% off at a lot of these uh, uh, restaurants uh, that are showing the parties. For instance. Uh, you can go to Brew Lab 101 Beer and Cider in Rio Rancho. Uh, you can go to Second Street Brewery in Santa Fe. You can go to Star Brothers Brewing Company in Albuquerque, as well as Hollow Spirits Distillery in Albuquerque. Um, you're also, if you're in Las Cruces, obviously Bosque Brewing in Las Cruces is for you. Um, you know, and uh, definitely go there, represent uh, United, cheer loudly. Now, if you are making the trip out to Austin, as I will be on that trip as well. Uh, there is a pre-match party uh, for traveling fans. It is at the Tavern. It is at 922 West 12th Street in Austin, Texas. We'll be uh, meeting there at 11.45 and we'll be leaving at 3 p.m. There will be a live remote broadcast of United Weekly on location. Hopefully we can uh, get loud and be in the background of uh, David Carl and RJ Montano's show as well. Uh, then obviously everyone's heading out to the hotels and Airbnbs. I did get into an Airbnb. That'll be my first time staying at an Airbnb. So I'll definitely have to report back what that's about. Um, and then of course uh, they'll be uh, marching to the stadium at 6.30 and the match starts at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. And uh, it should be a great time. Uh, so uh, Alicia, where can uh, folks find you on the internet or on uh, any of the social medias? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, it's at exclusive underscore Alicia. I have a profile picture with Baby Yoda in a Monster Zinc costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the same uh, username on Instagram. And on Facebook, just look for me under Alicia Arias, and you'll probably see me comment within the Mexico group, but you can just find me there. Right on. So for me, I'm under by Chris Walker on Twitter and Instagram, and on Facebook, obviously, you can find me at Christopher M. Walker. Uh, definitely uh, send me a friend request, add me, whatever. I uh, would love to chat with you. 
Um, thank you for joining us on another episode, and we will see you next time. Somos Unidos. You've been listening to We Are Seek and Strike podcast, brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find more USL-related podcasts at bgn.fm. To never miss an episode, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Seek and Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.